How do I feel comfortable naked after betrayal? What's up, you guys? Welcome to the Therapy Brothers Podcast. I'm Brandon. I'm Tyler. We're brothers. We're therapists. We're not afraid of your questions. So bring it. Um, I'm excited to get into that um, question. It's actually a very common question um, that we get all the time. But before we do, just want to ask you, how was your week? How are things going? <laughs> things, are, things are going good right now. Burning the candle at both ends with, uh, with life in general. Uh, as you know, I, I work at UPS part-time in the mornings for my medical benefits. And this week I I'm hitting 20 years. Wow. And I, I told myself when I got hired, I originally got hired there. Um, right after I got married, I decided I need medical benefits for my new wife when I was married 20 years ago. And uh, so we decided to go to UPS because it was part-time work for full-time benefits. And I told her after the first day, if I last more than five years here, I need to kill myself. <laughs> well, now, you've <laughs> no, done four, now you've done four times that. Now it's been 20 years. So, yeah. But it's, been, it's nice having you back because I've been hold, trying to hold down the Ford alone and it's, uh, it's much better with you in the mix. So I'm glad yeah, you're back. Yeah, sorry I've been at MIA, but I'm back and ready to go and actually really excited about um, the guest we have and the question we've got. So, um, I think, uh, what do you say we dive right in, Tyler? Let's do it. Okay. Um, so we have Rachel on with us this morning. And uh, Rachel, to be honest with you, I don't really know her. Um, and Tyler, you don't really know her either, right? Nope. Um, so she had a great question. She, uh, she wanted to come on. So we're going to actually have her introduce herself and give some of the, the, the background to her question and where it's coming from. And we'll, we'll dig in from there. So, Rachel, welcome to the show. And uh, if you could just kind of tell us who you are and why you're here and what your question is. Okay, great. Thank you for having me. Um, so, yeah, just basically how to feel comfortable naked um, when you go through life, um, you know, being taught that you're just a sex object, basically. You know, that's how you grow up. And then when you get married and your spouse is addicted to pornography and they see your body naked for the first time, they make fun of it. You know, it's mm. not good enough. It's, it's not what they were expecting. Um, it's super, um, Oh, it's just so frustrating, you know, on your psyche in a sense. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you go through the rest of your marriage thinking, what do I need to change about me? Um, how do I make him love me? How do I change something about me? So he's attracted to me. Um, and then you just keep comparing, 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 looking up ways to change your body. And it's just so frustrating. And then the second you get naked in front of your spouse, it's um, what's, you know, is he making fun of me still? You know, even after he stopped watching pornography or tried to change himself, you know, it's um, those thoughts just continue in your mind. Like, uh, Rachel, Rachel, is he is he still making fun of you? No, so I'm not married. <laughs> but oh, I still okay. Have problems with it, if that makes sense. Like, absolutely. Now, in my relationship, I have now. 
um, it's still just one of those things like how do you how do you not think like every man wants that type of body how does every man like be okay with a, a real body I guess right. like in my thoughts I just I have to be this perfect voluptuous woman when you see it all over the place, how do I stop thinking that, I guess, too, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Yeah. Tyler, you have thoughts? Yeah, I just want to make sure I'm clear before I say what's on my mind here. So your, so your question's about basically some past experience, not, not, not only with like just society, which we definitely want to probably talk a little bit about today, but also um, in a past relationship. So you're not currently in the same relationship as yeah. where these messages were kind of like outwardly shared with you. No. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Which, yeah, so. which, which doesn't mean that the triggers aren't still there. No, they're still yeah. there. Oh, of course. By nature, they're going to be there when you have an experience like that. That's, I mean, just when we look at it, just think about it in terms of like sexual intimacy in a relationship. That's maybe one of the most vulnerable places in a relationship. And so if there's something that's traumatizing that's happening inside of that vulnerable space already, there's going to naturally be, you know, some, some consequences to it, some that are going to leave some marks. And, and you're bringing up this question. And I, first, I just want to say you definitely are not the only one who asked this question. I'm so glad that you're willing to come on and, and share this because it's a vulnerable topic to talk about. Uh, but you're definitely not alone. This is a really common thing that happens. Yeah. So I think, I think things like, you know, for somebody to make fun of, of somebody's body, um, that's, that's emotionally abusive and it's, it's not okay. And, you know, I hear all the time women who don't want to get naked in front of their husband, um, not because their husband has made fun of them, but just because their husband is indulging with, uh, pornography and, um, you know, and they just feel inadequate and they feel not enough and they feel like they're going to be used as, as a sexual object. And so, you know, just that alone can, can make you feel all those things, let alone having him make fun of you and having him actually probably drive all of your worst fears home. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's trauma. And it takes your shame and it, it, it kind of solidifies it some, but I, I know there's ways out of it. Rachel, you, you, you can actually heal from this and uh, Tyler and I will give you some, some ideas and some things that you can do. Um, let's back up though. Uh, Tyler brought this up. Um, you said that, you know, society kind of tells you that you're a sex object. I'm just curious about some of those messages that you got and some things that you believed before before you got married, before you were vulnerable in an intimate way? Um, you know, I mean, like past relationships, right? In high school, boys, that's all they had. You know, I mean, that's all they talked about. And it was, you know, like women's bodies constantly, right? Um, of how cute they were, how big their boobs were, of how, you know, just it was always about the body, you know, and... Um, and me, I was a little bit chunky in high school. And so I always just had that, like, I need to be like her. I need to be like her so I can get the boys, you know, kind of a dumb thing, you know, and, and not to go too deep into it, but a lot of like my, my, my growing up too, is like, you're not good enough. And so I was trying to get good enough through boys, I guess, through their attention, through their whatever. And, 
And so then just kind of fast forward to, I mean, on TV, that's all you saw. Like there's, there's not naked 50 year old women getting naked on TV. <laughs> you know, it's always the 18 year old girl and the, the cute girls, the, the ones that want to you know the, the men want to, that would but, be turned on by more. So if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then you just kind of replay it in your mind over and over and over again. That's what men want. That's what men want. That's what men want. And then you get married and get told you're not what I want. I want so-and-so like somebody mm -hmm. else. And so yeah, it's just mainly media for sure, like TV and stuff. So the, the message was your worth and your value comes from sex and comes from your physical, um, like, attractiveness. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and, and, and then you say there's, there's, and you don't have to get into this, but there's some other trauma that said to you that you're not enough, you're not okay as you are. And so, you, you, you turn that into sex um, and your physical body of trying to be enough. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and then there, then you start to see those messages everywhere, all over TV, all over social media. Yeah. Um, that drives home. Your worth is about how sexy you are and yeah. how wanted you are that way. Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a double whammy here too, Brandon, because you know, it's like, if we have something traumatic happen to us, the natural tendency for us to do, like if we've got this message that's coming that I'm not enough, whatever it is, the natural tendency to do is to grow these really long antenna that then look for the same types of things to confirm yes. the belief that we're having. And so that's, that's in play in this, you know, in Rachel, in your situation. And on top of that, it's not just like some fluke thing that you happen to notice all of those messages that are being sent. Like this is the world that we actually live in is pretty unabashed about how they treat things, right? And even how they treat gender stereotypes. You know, it's like you can turn on any, any television station and there's gonna be certain things on certain channels. You know, if you turn on ESPN, every other commercial is gonna be a beer commercial. And in the beer commercial, there's going to be in the periphery, there's gonna be women in bikinis that are, have like these perfect bodies, right? And and in movies, same thing. Everything is geared towards this idea that really women are objectified. They are objectified and it seems to be okay somehow, which is just baffles me with everything else that like the feminist movement pushes, but somehow they're okay with this idea that women are completely objectified, you know, and, we, and we're raised in, a, in an environment where that just becomes the normal. And so these messages are constantly there. And then you add on, the trauma. And so this double whammy starts to stack up and it becomes really, really difficult to start to see the forest from the trees and actually start to unwire those messages that have been carried with you for, for as long as you've been alive now at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I can see a girl from two miles away, <laughs> you know, like it's awful. I hate it. And like, it's just in my mind constantly, just she's prettier than I am. That's what a man wants. And you know, just this awful, tape in my mind it's I don't like it now Rachel if I were to ask you like in in your head you know if, if I were just to say it does your worth come from your looks um what would you say cognitively no like as you know like I know for sure no right. but there's just that that pull because again it's constantly everywhere like you're watching a movie with somebody and there's a naked woman on there that's perfect you know and of course it's going to be arousing you know for the man or whatever and it's just frustrating like 
so there's like you said there's just those messages and I, I need to find a way to turn that off in my mind where I just don't don't let it bother me but it's tough to, so, to not. so cognitively you know that that's not true um, yes. so if Tyler and I spent the rest of this podcast saying to you it doesn't matter your worth doesn't come from that you'd be you'd be saying that's great that's wonderful that's great yeah that's true um, but you'd probably leave at the end of this podcast and still notice that woman two miles away who you think is a lot sexier than you and you're comparing yourself to her. It wouldn't shift much. No. Um, if you went to a therapy session, you did talk therapy and the therapist dug down to some things and you got to this place of you saying, I know that it's not true that my worth comes from my looks. You'd still leave that therapy session and be triggered into those same feelings and so um, I guess what I'm saying is if cognitively you already know it, what you don't need is to cognitively be told it. Um, it, it just be kind of uh, the, the, having that driven home on a cognitive level. Something else needs to shift. Something else needs to happen in order for you to experience a whole new reality around your self-worth. Um, a whole new um, paradigm around your self-worth rather than just talking about it, okay? Um, yeah. So, Tyler, am I, am I making sense? Is this true? Yeah, in, our, in my personal theory of change, and Brandon and I talk about this a lot, and we're always trying to figure out other ways to, to, to make these things happen. We believe that the the most lasting kind of change happens when we have what we call emotionally corrective experiences, where there's something that happens down inside the emotional parts of us. And I'm pointing at my heart right now, but it, we're really talking about the other parts of the brain too, where I have an emotional shift that allows me to feel something differently that then lines up more and more with the cognitive part that I already know is true because because there's actually a lot of pain in when you know something up here, but you don't actually believe it. It's almost adding to the shame in some ways because it's like, I know better and I should feel better, but I actually don't feel better right now. So that means what? Naturally, I'm still not good enough. I'm still defective. I'm still bad. And so, yes, there should be some cognitive work where I recognize that process and I, I meet those thoughts and I identify them and maybe I challenge them. But the real work here, I think, is going to be an internal process, and I'm emphasizing the word process, where I'm going to be seeking to have some emotionally corrective experiences with myself and maybe with a higher power and, and in the context, even in my own relationships, where I'm going to start to experience things a little bit differently that can help to shift the belief and kind of lay out a new like a new, basically a new rule book for how I'm going to see myself. Mm -hmm. Sh shame, Rachel, sh shame is, is a lie. It's the messages of shame are always a lie. You're not good enough. You're not beautiful enough. Um, and you're not attractive enough. You don't have self-worth that those are all lies. And what happens with our emotions is when we feel emotions, so shame, shame is the fear of rejection or abandonment. When we, when we feel those emotions, um, our emotions are there to tell us to do something. 
to, to act, to, to assert ourselves for our own survival. Um, when an emotion is not grounded in reality, then the right, the, the healthy thing to do with that emotion is actually opposite action. Um, it's doing the opposite thing of what that, that emotion's telling you to do. So, so Rachel, you've spent a good portion of your life listening to that shame and, and that shame said, you're not beautiful enough. You're not, you're not worthy of love because you're not attractive enough. And you've probably, I, I don't know how, let me ask you, what, what, how, how have you tried to cope with that? Have you tried to not be vulnerable? Have you tried to overcompensate, lose weight, have sex more? Like, how have you tried to, to cope with these feelings of fear and shame? Um, basically be who I'm not for sure. You know, like just people please for sure. And, and that was the way that I could fill, fill my cup, I guess, in a sense, you know, and, um, just be somebody for somebody else. Okay. So what's the opposite action of that? And this is the emotionally corrective experience. What's the opposite action of people pleasing? Um, sticking up for myself Yeah, and being okay with myself and, and knowing that my worth is, is, is okay. Like, my thoughts are okay. My desires are okay. Yeah. Decisions and not have to worry about the reprimand from anybody. Now, now when you have that shame underneath saying, Oh no, you don't like, you're not worth, you're not worth it to do that. What you need to do is, is try to get your worth. You need to, you need to caretake. You need to people, please. It can be terrifying to stick up for yourself. It can be, it can be so scary to, to, to say, no, this doesn't work for me. Or yes, this is what I do need. This is what I do want. Um, because, because you're used to trying to survive that shame a certain way. So acting opposite to it's going to be very uncomfortable um, when, when you first start to do that. Um, so, so how do you get yourself to do it? <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> Tyler, what do you think? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm having Brene Brown's words go through my head right now where she says, when you notice things, and this is, you know, Rachel, I don't know what, what kinds of triggers you notice. I'm trying to like picture a scenario where, you know, you're maybe in your current relationship and it actually, all of the right signs are there that it feels safe and it feels right to maybe be moving towards being physically, sexually intimate with your partner. And then you've got this other backstory of shame that's going on that's telling you, no, don't do that. Like you're going to be lost in your head the whole time thinking about how you're not good enough and all that self-criticism is going to come up. And I don't know what it feels like in your body, but if you recognize, if you can recognize what some of those sort of like tells are, whether it's physiological, the way the shame's showing up, or whether it's certain like stories in your head that you notice and can get, oh, that, that's it. That's my script of shame or whatever it is. When I become critically aware of those things, those triggers, and what Brene Brown says is, you know, she'll take a deep breath and she said, I'll call on my courage and I will identify that that's what's happening right now. I am being hijacked by this thing that we call shame. I'm cognitively aware that this is the right scenario and the right setting for me to maybe be a little bit more vulnerable, you know, being able to be sexually intimate with my partner. I'm going to call deep on my courage and I'm going to lean myself into that process. The very thing that I'm most afraid of. Now, the trick to that is you don't want to necessarily go doing that if you're in a setting where it's actually not going to be truly safe in the relationship. So if you're in a current relationship and you're going to be objectified or you're going to be used or you're going to be criticized, 
then calling deep on your courage and leaning yourself into that isn't necessarily going to be overly effective. It's going to want to, what we call reenact the same old trauma. But if you, but if you're in a situation and you're, you're going, yes, like I know who my partner is cognitively. And I know that, you know, he respects me and I, I'm more than just a body to him. Okay. I'm going to lean myself in. But, uh, but, but Tyler, I want to, I want to just drive home what you're saying there. That the first step is this curiosity piece and this mindfulness piece. Um, it, it's so important that you can get grounded in reality. And as you do get grounded in reality, you can trust yourself. So if your emotion is saying it's fear because this person is going to objectify me, then absolutely listen to that. Um, that, that, you know, don't do opposite action in that moment of what your emotion's saying. Protect yourself, your emotions, trust your, trust your emotion. If you get grounded in reality and you realize my partner's safe, um, but I don't want to be vulnerable. My, my partner's um, actually going to be very caring and kind and patient with me, but I'm the one making it so that I can't be vulnerable. Then that shame is there lying to you, saying you're going to get rejected and you're unlovable. And that's where opposite action comes in, right? And that's what you're saying, right, Tyler? But, but right. to like really slow it down and get to that curious reality checking mindfulness place is a skill that, that takes some practice. Yeah, and I think, I think that's the first step and practicing some mindfulness, even outside of this exercise we're talking about will only help that process. So yes. if I'm doing some regular meditation on a daily basis, it's going to allow me to kind of tool up with that skill and pretty soon I'm, I'm going to start noticing things. And I, I want to just kind of give you a little bit of a recipe of something that I've, I've used for myself in the past with my own shame. So my own shame hasn't been around my body as much, but the principle I think still applies. And it was, I would notice that I lived in shame a lot in my own head. And my shame was always about you're failing or you're, you're not good enough, whatever it is. I would feel it. I'd feel it in my chest and my shoulders and would start to droop my posture. And as soon as I'd recognize that, there's the first part that Brandon's talking about, which is some like critical awareness and mindfulness. The second part would then be, I would shift the feeling and the storyline into something that we call self-compassion, which would be the new story that I'm, that I want to believe, even though I don't necessarily believe it's true yet. And I'd often even put my hand right over my heart and just feel the warmth of my hand in my chest while I'd say it in my head and say, you know, the truth is Tyler, that you're a work in progress. You don't have to be perfect today. You're a good person with good intentions and you can learn and grow until the day you die. And, and being able to shift that story. And then right after that story, I would force myself to take one small action against the, the old story. So treat myself to a five minute walk up and down around my apart, uh, around my office building and just notice the nature and enjoy the ability to breathe or make a phone call to somebody who I really love and just have them talk to me for a minute. Um, some, something that would actually show me that I was worth almost a behavioral affirmation of the new story that I was trying to create. Yeah. Um, Tyler, I want to walk Rachel through this. So um, what you just, what you just outlined. So Rachel, when you're, when you're going to have sex, and, you know, things are starting 
and you start to undress, you start to get naked, um, what, what triggers, what, what happens in your body? What type of thoughts do you have? Um, what, what type of emotions come up? Gosh, everything just, I don't want to do it. I, I start to cry and I just want to keep my bra on. I don't, you know, like I, I get super scared and, and just, I, I'm hypersensitive to everything about my body. If that makes okay. sense. Mm -hmm. The second I take my bra off, it's not good enough. I'm, I'm there. Uh, just, I'm getting really nervous now because <laughs> you're, you're, making... <laughs> you're feeling, you're feeling the trigger as you're talking about it. So stop right now. That's okay. We can hear it in your voice. Yeah. Get curious right now, Rachel, about what you're feeling. No, notice, notice what's happening. You're, you're, you're wanting to stop talking, right? Yeah. Um, and like, I definitely want to like cross my arms and cover like cover everything. Like I want to be in a moo, -moo. <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to do it. Which is interesting because uh, you know, you're not on camera here. We, you can't be seen yet. You still want to do that. You still want to cover. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> because you, I'm thinking about it. Like it's awful. Okay. So you, you want to cringe, you want to cover. Okay. So let, let's get to the here and now. Okay. Um, are, are you safe right now? Right now? Yes. Okay. So take, I want you to take three deep breaths. Just breathe and get grounded in this moment right now. And just notice where you're at. Notice how safe you are right now. Okay. Now, once you've done those three deep breaths, I want you to open up your arms. Don't cover yourself. Be open. Open up your arms. Okay. That's okay. so hard. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. this, is, this is the act of courage. Mm -hmm. Because right now you're safe. You're not in harm's way. Nobody's judging you or your body. You are beautiful. You're a daughter of God. All those things are true. Okay? And so right now you can be open, although you don't want to be. Yeah. Okay. Now this is scary right now, huh? It is. Yeah. Um, this is, you're acting against your shame. Um, this voice that's been in there for so long and had so much power, you can actually take the power back. Um, but it, it takes, it takes mindfulness. It takes connection to God, to yourself, um, to others. And then it takes courage. It, it takes courage to step into doing the opposite of what that shame's telling you. Right? Yeah. Um, and, and, and here's a, here's a little hint. Just, just take a little, a little bite at a time. You don't have to have sex tonight and be extremely vulnerable and extremely naked. Right? <laughs> I um, will. <laughs> yeah. Um, but one, li one little challenge for yourself of courage, like to, to stop, get mindful, recognize whether you're safe. And you know what, maybe, maybe you, you just take one item of clothing off that you normally wouldn't um, because of that fear. And just that's your act of courage and you breathe through that, okay? Um, you, you don't have to jump off the deep end with this. Yeah. Um, Tyler, any, anything you'd like to add? 
Yeah, it's it's pretty cool to just kind of observe this, even though I can't even see you, I can hear it in your breathing and in your tone of voice, Rachel, that this is like real live work that you're doing right now. And I think it's awesome, again, that you're just so willing to jump in and, and be here. Um, you're gonna, You're providing a ton of benefit for a lot of people who are going to hear this as well. Um, to go along with what Brandon was saying, you could almost take this kind of exercise and kind of continue to expand on it a little bit. So like right now, this is intense amount of work and that's great. Like that's, that's a fine thing to be doing right now. But as you kind of get more and more comfortable and as you start to notice yourself and notice what your feelings are and, and realize that you can be in a safe space and you can open your posture, you might then start leaning in systematically to some other things that might be just a little bit more. Like Brandon said, a certain item of clothing that you're going to take off or being getting more and more comfortable with actually considering maybe being alone with yourself in the mirror and and being able to experience the miracle of what your body actually offers to you to you to the quality of your life to your to your identity and maybe another suggestion that was going through my head as as we were talking is that maybe I could intentionally start to look for ways to actually experience pieces of gratitude specifically as it relates to my, my physical being, you know, Tyler, can or, I, can, Oh, I don't want to cut go you ahead. off. Go, go ahead. ahead. You, go ahead. I, well, go ahead, I, I want to add a tool to what you're saying. So, so Rachel, your, your faulty core belief about your body is what, like, what do you believe about your body? Uh, it's just not perfect. It's not, it's not, um, it's not attractive. Okay. My, I'm not attractive. My body's not attractive. Okay. I want you to just flip that on its head and just say the opposite of that. And it, you're, it's going to be uncomfortable to say it, but just okay. say the opposite of what that faulty core belief is. <laughs> My body is fine. It's, it's, it's attractive. Take, take it even further. Go, 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 go far with it. My body is fine is one thing, but I want you to push it. A little That's further. not the opposite. Yeah. Go yeah. the opposite. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, my body is attractive. Okay. Um, my body is attractive. You could even take it further. I am beautiful. Um, I, I am wanted. I am sexy. I like, so, 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 those that statement my body is attractive then i want you to to make it a, a statement of of identity did you hear how i said it i am i am beautiful i am wanted yeah okay the next thing i want you to do and and what we're getting to is as a way to do affirmations um i don't want you to look in the mirror and say i'm beautiful i am beautiful i'm beautiful I, you know but what i'd like you to do is to is to do what I call um, an affirmation statement question. And what that is, is how is it that I am so beautiful? And the reason why you ask the question that way is because you're trying to get yourself to gather information, um, gather evidence of that being the truth. Because you, you naturally gather evidence of the other thing being the truth. 
Um, so how is it that I'm so attractive? How is it that God made me so attractive? Now, is that an uncomfortable question to ask yourself, Rachel? Um, right now, yeah. But as I think I practice it, I guess, like you're saying, I think it'll get easier and easier. But yeah, right now, I just can picture it in my mind. I, I will start crying and I will start, you know, for sure, like you said, just um, putting myself down and and saying all those things I'm used to saying that are, are quote unquote comfortable, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. so, so you know you're hitting on a faulty core belief when that affirmation statement question is very uncomfortable. So that means it's an effective one. And yeah. I love what you said. If you stay consistent, if you, every day you wake up and you say, how is it that I'm so beautiful? How is it? Like, you know, like God made me so beautiful. How? Or why am I so beautiful? You start to answer that question for yourself and you, those thoughts start to shift you. Your behaviors, your opposite action. So, so, so we're attacking this thing on multiple levels. Opposite action, you're acting against that fear and that shame. Your thoughts, you're, you're asking yourself questions and, and, and gathering evidence against that fear and against that shame. Um, and so those are, those are two things that you can do. I actually have one more. Um, but Tyler, are you an affirmation guy? Do you? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of in the same line as you, Brandon, where a lot of times because they feel so false right off the bat, I, I love the question method that you just talked about. I also sometimes put in a, like a statement that says, may I? So may I learn to see myself as beautiful or may I learn to see my true value as a human being? Um, and what it does is it then at least allows the brain to open up to this idea of going, oh, that's possible. You know, I, I, I kind of wonder, like, I, I, I don't even know if this has probably crossed your mind, Rachel, but do you, do you believe it's possible that you might actually really enjoy sexual intimacy? That you wouldn't just be the object or the, the piece in the puzzle that goes along with your partner, but that you might be the one who actually fully enjoys it? I think eventually, like, you know, I really appreciate all these examples or, or um, things that I can work on for sure. And, and kind of, it's kind of giving me hope, I guess, a little bit. Like I feel eventually for sure that my body is going to be on the back of my mind one day. And I would hope that, you know, and cause I'm not like against sex. I love it. You know, it feels good. And I, I, I enjoy the, and like the togetherness of it, but then all of a sudden that just pops up and, and ruins it for me. Mm -hmm. And so I, I do like all of these examples. Like if I continue to do it, if I write this down, I'm writing it down. <laughs> so I don't forget to do it. And I do feel like eventually for sure, it's something that like you guys are saying, it's a, takes practice. It's inside of me, inside my mind, inside of my, um, my thought processes and stuff for sure. Yeah. Okay. Can I get, can I get a little weird here? Um, <laughs> <laughs> isn't that what it's like all the time, Brandon? Oh yeah. That's kind of how I work. So, um, here, here's the thing, Rachel, I actually believe that, um, over the years, um, you know, as a child and with all these messages and the trauma and then your ex-husband doing what he did, I actually believe that there's some kind of energy, let's call it a demon. There's some kind of nastiness inside of you. Um, that, that, that gets in your head and feeds you um, this stuff over and over. And 
what, what happens is you've had these experiences and these experiences are isolated incidences. They happened, they're in the past, but those experiences continue to live. They, they continue to grow, they continue to get fed. And in a lot of ways, um, your own brain feeds it. Like Tyler was saying earlier, you, you know, this antenna, you notice evidence that you're not enough, evidence that you're not attractive. Um, having said all that, um, I, there's a way that you can release this energy. There, there, there's a way that you, you don't have to be shackled down anymore by the shame. And, um, the, you know, some of the things we've been talking about are some ways to release the energy. Uh, but I, I, I love EMDR. I do EMDR all the time. Um, EMDR is weird. I've uh, done it. I know what it is. You've done it. Have you, have you yeah. done it around body image? Have you done it around? Um, we're mainly working on like the past stuff for sure. We haven't gotten to that part yet. It's just mainly like all the crap that happened to me as a kid. And then I think eventually we'll get there. That's good. I would, I would say, um, don't shy away and have courage to do EMDR specifically about those trauma incidences where your husband made fun of you okay. because because you have pinpointed those today and they're, they're obviously still holding a lot of weight and a lot of energy um, in, inside of you. And, um, you know, I, EMDR is not the only mechanism. EMDR is actually, um, it's evidence-based, um, scientific-based psychotherapy that's, that's actually energy healing. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, so, so there's some, there's some weird energy healing modalities out there and things like that. Um, some, some may be quackery, um, but some may not be and ways that you can just release energy and mindfulness meditation, um, you know, just, but there, there's other things as well. And connecting to God and, and trying to surrender this over and getting the help of a savior who can who can take this stuff and hold it for you um, is absolutely critical as well. And so there's a spiritual component to it, I believe, um, that you can surrender over. And I think that that will come in, you know, what Brandon's getting at here with the MDR. I'm also a big proponent of it. I think it's really, really helpful. And it sounds like just with what little bits of your story we've gotten today, I, I would also highly recommend what Brandon just prescribed. Um, but I think that you also doing the work and the things that we've outlined today and that Brandon's taught today will help with, with setting the stage in that process because what it'll do is it'll start chipping away at all that other, call them those demons in your head. And, yes. um, and as you start to do that, when you go in and do something like EMDR, you're already prepped for the new, the new way of being, the new energy level that's gonna come. Yeah. Um, it's, so I think those things together, you put those all together, there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, I'm just kind of getting the chills here thinking about it, but there's, there's no doubt in my mind that you're going to be successful with this. And <clears throat> I'm glad to hear you say that maybe there's a little sliver of hope because there's always hope and, and hope is a, is a massively powerful element that if you can keep that sliver of light coming through even when it feels dark and when it feels hard sometimes when there's hope you can pretty much 
do just about anything. And um, so. Rachel, I got to say you just coming on here and, and wanting to ask questions and examine what's going on and and understand it to me, that, that shows me that you're going to do the work to push through this and to get on the other side of it. And, and um, it's, it, uh, it, Tyler said earlier, it's a process. It's going to take, um, some consistency on your part with practicing these affirmations, with acting against the shame, um, with going through some, some trauma work, EMDR. But as you work through that process, you'll look back and you'll say, oh my gosh, like what used to terrify me or dominate my thoughts is now gone. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm free from this. Yeah. Um, so you got this, you're going to do it. You're going to be fine. I'm, yeah, I'm super excited. Yeah. I'd love to hear from you in the future to see how things go and to let us know how, how, how things work out. So of course, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Rachel. For those of you who are listening, I'm sure that some of you have gotten a, a ton of value out of this. If you have, please share it with other people. Please rate and review. That's how we're able to reach people and hopefully help others. And we really appreciate people like you, Rachel, willing to come on because you bring such a level of richness and depth to the show. So thank you. Awesome. We'll see you guys. See you later.